0: I think in that expensive song she says it's very expensive to be me.
1: Anything is possible.
0: Welcome to Money on Our Mind. This is the part where we tell you that nothing we talk about should be considered financial advice and all episodes are for entertainment purposes only. I'm Gareth
1: and I'm Chrissy.
0: We are the co-founders of VictoryFi, a technology-based education company in Georgia.
1: We provide interactive and relatable financial education and content to schools and community organizations. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Today on the pod, we're going to talk about bankruptcy and fraud, two really exciting, interesting, and sad topics. We're going to use the Real housewife star, Erica Jane, as our case study, because that's all over the news right now. I've been bugging Gareth about it end that he really did a deep dive into it so we're both deep deep into the real Housewives of Beverly Hills right now yes um, and, and thanks <laughs> to
0: you Chrissy I've spent more time than I ever thought I would watching the Beverly Hills Housewives so
1: <laughs> and if you don't follow the real Housewives franchise this woman Erica Girardi, is a cast member of the rea- the reality TV show the real Housewives of Beverly Hills um, she's she also goes by Erica Jane. That's her stage name. She's a pop star. She has some songs, including Pretty Mess, How Many F's, and Expensive with two X's and a dollar sign is the S. <laughs> so.
0: I do believe that some of these did chart. So when Ooh, you say pop know. star, yeah,
1: people know.
0: She's on the charts.
1: <laughs> so it's just a quick introduction, and then we'll go through the full story. Right now she and her ex-husband are accused of faking a divorce to hide millions of dollars that they allegedly stole from her husband's clients in his law firm. And um she's let the reality TV cam- cameras from Bravo film almost everything. I love Bravo. I am a huge um huge fan. So this, <laughs> you know, fun to watch and now Gareth is a fan too. So we just thought this is a great way to talk about how, um, personal finance can go awry.
0: Yeah. And just to back up a little bit, Chrissy, um, maybe not just personal finance, but just trying to embezzle money, um, can go <laughs> wrong. And obviously just to, uh, reemphasize this is everything we say is allegedly today, of course. Yes. Um, and so I think, you know, as you mentioned, kind of let's, let's get to the the story at hand itself and kind of how this even pertains to bankruptcy and fraud. Um, so do you want to start in the sense of before her and her husband uh, are divorced?
1: Oh, yes. OK, so a little more background. Again, if you don't watch this show or you're not aware of this franchise, just to be on a Real Housewives cast member, you really have to demonstrate a good amount of wealth and and a definite willingness to spend that money and show it off. So these are people. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying everyone doesn't budget well, but the temptation to just spend your money and not budget appropriately is there. So that's, you know, spending I think. Things on the I think
0: in that expensive song, she says it's very expensive to be me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you did get deep into this. Um, so, (laughs) um, you know, for example, I know she has a, or she had a $40,000 a month hair and makeup team. So to be on the show is very expensive. You want to show your wealth. Um, she married an older gentleman, Tom Girardi in 2000, and Tom was a prominent attorney. He won some really big cases, especially back in the 90s. He did um, the big Pacific Gas and Electric Company of California case, and that is actually the case, Gareth, if you didn't know, that um, Aaron Brockovich was based off of. So huge cases. He won a lot of money. He also, um, the Boeing 737 Lion Air crash in 2018. Um, but anyway, his law firm is called Girardi and Keese. It's been around for a long time because he is like 80 now. So he... <laughs> I think
0: she was, I think she was 30 when they, uh, when they got married and he was 50 or 60.
1: So, um, yeah. So there's, there's an age difference, which is fine, but you know, just all these things come together. So they, um, there's a, a little timeline as things unfolded. So in December of last year, well, I guess let me rewind in November of last year, she and Tom filed for divorce in And actually, I, I believe, actually were divorced. Then in December, Erica and Tom were sued by some of his former clients. Why? this? Why? <laughs> because um, they were accused of cheating his former clients out of money that they won in these settlements. And they're accused, al- allegedly embezzled millions of dollars from victims of crashes and other disasters, and used it to fund her time as a real housewife.
0: Yeah, and I think um so this is obviously where the embezzlement and fraud aspect comes in, but allegedly what occurred <laughs> is that his law firm gave her company, which was sort of helping drive her music ventures and all that stuff a 25 million dollar loan. And that 25 million dollars came from the settlements that were Uh, given by Boeing for the plane crash and then uh, Pacific Gas and electric uh, for the accident in California. And so rather than the actual victims of these incidents receiving that money, they just went straight to Erica's pocket. And that's how she, and and that's how uh, she was supposedly able to afford the incredibly lavish lifestyle. And so that's what sort of was uncovered and I think is in, is, in, is currently in the lawsuits. And so it was essentially just the funneling of this money, never to the victims, but straight to her bank account. And I now believe that the victims themselves are suing the law firm that Tom owned. And Chrissy, that's sort of kind of how we get into the bankruptcy part of this.
1: Gareth you know all the good details. <laughs> um exactly and so with the bankruptcy and just like Gareth was saying he is just trying and we're about to kind of explain what all that means but with his type of bankruptcy they will be liquidating his assets and so he is trying to get as many of his assets off his personal balance sheet as possible and he's funneling them to Erica Jane international pop star. Which and, I guess
0: would make sense, right? Because, or how it would, I guess, legally how it would work is that if they get divorced, she would be probably entitled to 50, maybe 50% of the assets or so. And so that would become her possessions. So individuals can't come after mm-hmm. those assets that he previously had. Um, and I believe the, I think in California, it just has to be 10 years of marriage for it to be to, deemed a long-term relationship. So that's sort of the threshold you have to get past. And so they would be married for 20 years before announcing the divorce. So they clearly meet that. And by getting all of those assets into her name, they theoretically are safe. That is unless anything gets filed against her and then she gets into legal trouble herself.
1: That is so... And I guess we'll we'll get into... I could
0: be totally wrong here, but from a non-lawyer perspective, that seems to be the um, obvious explanation to this.
1: Well, you know, it's so interesting, the sneaky things you can get away with if you understand a little bit about money. And like in law. (laughs) Just, I don't know how, you know, I guess we'll see how this unfolds. Obviously, they shouldn't have been doing that. But it's interesting, all these tricks that they're trying to pull. Um, and you know, they have a lot of money and that's just,
0: so I guess it's, you know, it's one thing when you hear about people in allegedly embezzling money and all this stuff allegedly. and, and the, in the sense of, okay, you want all this money from lawsuits against corporations and then taking that money and doing whatever. Right. But then the fact that they were winning this money from corporations, but the victims never even got a piece of it is like, is the crazy part, right? Because you know, if it's just coming from a corporation, it wasn't supposed to go to anyone. It's not as though it was like, a, you can have a personal attachment to whoever's not getting that money, right?
1: Mm-hmm. But the
0: fact that you learn it's like these families that have, you know, lost lost other family members in the plane crash, or I, I believe it was burned victims in that PC accident. It's like there's a person on the end of that. When someone is not getting some sort of compensation at the end of it, who deserve it, that's sort of when you can really realize how how bad of an act that this is. Mm-hmm.
1: That is, Allegedly. Is Alleg- uh, this alleged act is... No, that's just... It's just awful. Okay, so, to bankruptcy. Dun-dun-dun.
0: But also, I do want to throw in, I, I saw some yeah. um, interviews with uh, Miss, Miss Jane in which she was <laughs> saying how... Oh, it was something to do with how often, like she doesn't take commercial flights and whoever was well, interviewing her was asking her if she was on it. Like, did you fly private here? And it was always, yeah, of course I did. So, um, and I think the sort of the most damning thing was, was stories from other super prominent and successful lawyers. Like, you know, this guy was, and they, and they said, Hey, this lifestyle doesn't make sense. Like even as successful as, you know, the top individuals in law are, they're not doing what she was doing Mm -hmm. or what they were doing as as a whole. Right. So obviously that's a huge red flag. Um, Because if the, you know, other, you know, super prominent lawyers and super successful individuals are saying like, I don't know what's going on here. Like I can't even live this lifestyle. You know, that there's something else going on there that, doesn't make sense. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, my budget for hair and makeup, Chrissy is only like $10,000 a month. So (laughs) 40,000 is really, really up there.
1: Well, you know, Garrett, that's such, that is such a good point. And I feel like that's something, you know, so I guess in our banking regulation days, that is how you identify fraud. One easy indicator is someone living above their means, you know, and that's, And so often the people that identify it are people that are around that situation. It's not necessarily an outsider. It's someone like you're saying, these people being like, this is weird. This is, this is way more than you should have or be able to spend. It doesn't add up even if you are fabulously wealthy. So that's definitely a prominent indicator of fraud. (laughs) So we know we're on the right track.
0: And it always comes back to the thing. And this is what we, we talked about last, uh, last week. Right. And it's just the sense of, if it seems too good to be true, then it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this is just a prime example of this doesn't make sense. Like yeah. it doesn't. So something else is going on behind me. Yeah. And then all this stuff starts leaking out and whatnot. And that's how we get to, you know, what we're talking about today. Um, but apparently the, I guess it's the season that's airing now is when this was actually happening. Yeah. And so this was like, the most, like, not the, the one of the best instances for a prosecution to have, right? You're having like live, unscripted reality TV where she's like forced to talk. And of course, there's going to be instances in which she contradicts herself from what her, I guess, potential legal testimony is or something like that. So there was, you know, some quote from some lawyer being like, yeah, this is absolutely unbelievable that there's just this trove of evidence that is just out there for everybody to see. And we don't have to go really searching for it. And we can just go watch it and see kind of what happens. And there was, you know, there's all these YouTube videos that are like pointing out inconsistencies and statements that she's made about the husband or the ex-husband now and some other, other instances of just random things that she just contradicts herself on. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's super, you know, it's great for Bravo, right? Because I'm sure that whatever they were covering before in this show was not nearly as sort no. of entertaining or as no. important as this.
1: The bet my favorite person from Bravo is Andy Cohen. He's got the 411, the King of Late Night Fun, and he killed this coverage. So this is great. <laughs> um but uh no, I you're right. This is great TV and it's a really it's really sad to see play out, but it is. This is a prime indicator of fraud living above your means. And- but I,
0: I don't think she's even really acknowledged it, has she? Like, her Instagram is just nothing to do with it. It's like everything's oh, normal. Oh, you got
1: deep dive in the Instagram, <laughs> Gareth.
0: <laughs> there was some racy picture that she uh, posted yesterday, apparently.
1: You don't even have Instagram.
0: <laughs> I know. But it was on, it was on the uh, the English newspaper. The Sun reported on it.
1: Oh, that is so—I mean, obviously, she's still just living it up, but— Yeah. Um. Okay, so, to Tom, to our bankruptcy. So, also, if you're interested in this story, the—Hulu has a documentary that ABC did. It's called The Housewives and the Hustler, and you can do a little bit more. That was a fun thing to reference as we did this, if you want to learn a little more. But— Back so, to the
0: important stuff. Back
1: to the important thing. So— Tom's assets were frozen, and in January— a So, what,
0: Chrissy, what, what does that mean?
1: He can't touch him.
0: And who does that?
1: A bankruptcy judge.
0: Okay. So it's basically like the government going in and saying, hey, you have all this money and you own all this stuff, but now it's basically property of the U.S. government.
1: Yes. And so this judge placed Tom um, and his firm into Chapter 7 bankruptcy, and, oh, and
0: just just one more thing. Sorry, yeah. Chrissy. Like, yes. in order to get your assets frozen, it's not just like a they can't just do it off on a whim. Like, there has to be substantial evidence in order to get a judge to like enact such an order. So the the prosecution or whatever attorney for the U.S. government came with this case. There was substantial evidence behind it in order it's for them to. Federal. Yeah. In order <laughs> for them to do this. Court. So it's not like. United <laughs> States. They think you did something wrong and they can just freeze your assets. Like it's a, it's a substantial and significant thing for to happen.
1: Excellent point. <laughs> um, so he was forced to file, file chapter seven bankruptcy, which we're going to talk about bankruptcy in a second. Also, just as a little side note that I found in my snooping Tom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's earlier this year, which is really sad, but it sounds like maybe that wasn't true or maybe the prosecution is saying that was just a ploy to avoid legal action. But that's just one little tiny sad thing I learned. But, okay, so bankruptcy. Tom is Chapter 7. As an individual, we can discuss all this, but as an individual, typically you would only file chapter seven or chapter 13 bankruptcy. There's six different kinds. There's some for, you know, cities and for businesses, but we're just going to talk about individual because probably for everyone listening to the podcast, you're still in college and you know, you'll probably, (laughs) hopefully you don't file for bankruptcy, but we're going to go over the individuals because that'll probably apply the most. But, um, so just a little background. When you're in crushing debt and you can't there's no way you can repay, you might turn to bankruptcy. So it's kind of the position you're in. You're just totally in over your head. But filing for bankruptcy is really rough and it is going it's hard to get through. It's not an easy thing. You can't just file for bankruptcy because you don't think you can pay your credit card. Like it's not like the
0: office, remember? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's not just an easy thing. And it really like messes with your credit. Um, but the goal of bankruptcy is to clear your debt because obviously when you file for bankruptcy, you're at a point where you're just, you just think I cannot clear my debt. I I have too much. There's no way I can get rid of it, but it will ruin your credit score. And depending on the type of bankruptcy, you're going to lose just a ton of assets. Um, like I said, we're going to talk about seven and 13. So And Gareth, you just chime in when you're ready. So chapter seven is the most common, and that is what Tom is facing. So during this type of bankruptcy, the court appoints a trustee, and they will sell everything that you own that has value, with the exception of a few things, to repay your debt. Um, The proceeds are used to partially repay your creditors, and then after that, your debts are considered washed away. Um, Some types of property... Are exempt, and so that can be your car, clothing, household household goods, um, pensions. But you have to file to set these apart from your other things, um, and then any remaining unsecured debt, which is like a credit card or a medical bill, that's just erased. So that's you know you're not having to pay anything, but you lose everything.
0: <laughs> and and that's the, and that's kind of you know why we mentioned before, Chrissy, that. The point of the divorce is to kind of get is to split mm-hmm. that in half, right? So exactly half of the stuff that he previously owned, he doesn't any any longer, so they can't liquidate it.
1: Exactly, sneaky little snake. So then, chapter thirteen, which is not Tom, but it's another common individual bankruptcy. Um, this results when a court appoints a plan for you to repay all or part of your debt over a period of about like three to five years. So, some of your debts might be totally discharged, which is great um, and also, it doesn't require you to like liquidate your assets and you so you can keep your home or you know other things like this that are more long term um, as long as you keep up with your payments. certain things can't be discharged, so like you always have to pay your alimony student loans that stinks um and some t- tax see, obligations you can't, just,
0: can't just graduate college declare bankruptcy no. uh, eliminate your student loans that's pretty and, genius uh, move on
1: yeah we should make if that were true we could make our segment on student debt just okay this is how you file for bankruptcy
0: yeah cuz then you don't have any assets to begin with at that <laughs> point in time so
1: yeah um, so you know before filing for bankruptcy it's always the number one thing we've talked about this before if you ever can't pay your debts like truly now in life, if you have something that you cannot pay, call your creditor and negotiate it. They want their money. So if you need to change the terms, maybe, you know, maybe it's simply that, for example, even just like rent, that's not necessarily a a debt, but if your payment is on a date that you can't make, maybe you don't get paid till the middle of the month and your rent is due on the first and you can't budget for that. You can always change payment dates. You could change amounts. They want to make their money. They really no creditor wants to be in bankruptcy court because they're not going to get back their full amount either. Um, so that's kind of nice and they can it's, have programs. Talking. Yeah.
0: You know, typically when you're in bankruptcy court or whenever you're, let's say the creditor is only getting 50% back, right? But if you can call them and say, Hey, I'll give you 60% back instead, they're always going to take that. So as you mentioned, Chrissy, it's always worth that initial phone call or whatever it may be to try and Kind of help yourself out without necessarily going into bankruptcy.
1: Absolutely. And I guess also to to bounce off that real quick, I just remember looking at distressed debt and talking to a banker and just, you know, them saying, oh, well, this is in bankruptcy court right now. And we don't even know how much we're going to get. And it is just, no one wins. You ruin your credit score. The creditor doesn't get any money back or gets much less back than they would. It just really stinks. Um, So negative consequences, Chapter 7, that bankruptcy will stay on your credit report for 10 years. And Chapter 13 will stay on for 7. And I found, according to Experian, declaring bankruptcy is the greatest single factor on your credit score. So you will ruin it. (laughs) Do not, do not do this unless you absolutely have to. I think it's really interesting to talk about and understand because so many people don't get it, but.
0: And it's one of those sort of instances that just puts you in a absolutely terrible downward cycle, right? So if you're in a position in which you have declared bankruptcy, that's going to have an extremely negative impact on your credit score, as you mentioned, Chrissy, and then therefore everything going forward for at least that, for that amount of time in which it stays on your credit report, you're going to have to pay more money to borrow money or you may not be able to borrow money at all. So it kind of just compounds upon itself and just leaves you in an even worse situation than you probably were before in which you declared bankruptcy.
1: Well, shamey, shamey on Tom and Erica. (laughs) Okay, Gareth. Anything that kind of wraps up our talk on bankruptcy and a little bit of fraud? Any, any yeah. last words? Uh,
0: don't embezzle money, allegedly,
1: <laughs> and keep a and look steal out. from victims
0: of actual crimes.
1: Yes, yes, <laughs> allegedly. I mean, at least steal from like someone bad, not a victim. That is so. They're so horrible. Uh, but anyway, so we'll see how this plays out. We're gonna you can team. follow
0: along live with yes? the uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I'm Bravo <laughs> yeah. at what time, Chrissy?
1: Oh, do you know what? I don't know. I, wa- I do everything on demand, Gareth.
0: Okay. Do you so can what? find it, it online. They can
1: sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> this is an advertisement. Play the music. I'm just <laughs> <kidding>. uh, <laughs> um, but no, definitely it's interesting. Watch along. You can learn a lot. Kind of like we talked about last week. It's fun to talk about these interests, like personal interest stories, especially when you understand the financial aspects of them. That makes it so much more interesting and you can kind of dive into it and um, really know what you're talking about, especially when you're just talking with random people about a reality TV show. So pretty great.
0: That I now know way too much about.
1: (laughs) Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you everyone for joining us and we will see you next week.